Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. Hey, pal, how you doing? Uh, it's, I know, like, it's pretty good. Oh, oh, yeah? Well, yeah, like, we're we're in Canada. I know uh-huh. we have a lot of American listeners, and they're probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's, well, it's not pretty good right now. No, things but. are not that great. This has been a year uh, filled with uh, not that great. Yeah, 2020 is following into 2021. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, it's not that great for us, though, too, because the, the pandemic is uh, at a whole new uh, spike in Toronto. Well, I mean, it's kind of an exponential growth, so it's going to be doing this. I mean, that was inevitable. Right. Yeah, I guess you just kind of hope, you know, that it would just one day stop all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That's not that's not how it works. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse until, you know, things do start getting better. And we get that sweet, sweet vaccine. Oh, man, I can't wait to get shot in the arm by that sweet, sweet. Vac- I bet it tastes great. Yeah. And I heard podcasters first in line for the vaccine. That's right. Well, we're the most important people. We are the frontline workers here yeah. in Canada. <laughs> in, in, the, in the States, it's uh, it's probably the the, the rich elite. And then uh, the the rich uh, elite politicians and then, um, I don't know, white people. But here in Canada, it's it's podcasters. And then I think second is maybe medical people. Yeah. Podcasters. Podcasters. Definitely first. first. Definitely. We're keeping the the, we're keeping the country alive. We're keeping the people alive. Uh, We're we're performing an essential service and we are not getting paid. So, you know. We got to get something out of it. And if it's a sweet, sweet vaccine, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, uh, but that's also uh, not true because we we have a whole full ad in front of this episode. That's that. I mean, yes. OK, but I mean, like we don't we don't have like another like full time employer who's giving us an hourly wage. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it's true. But mm-hmm. we uh, we have our uh, friends. At, I mean, it wouldn't be an intro without talking about Manscaped. For that, a bit that is after true. For a very long. And match. if you're at home sitting in the pandemic, you're getting hairy, you're getting stinky. We have we have the solution for you and our friends at Manscaped. They're going to they're going to clear up that crop and, and it's just going to be a fresh, clean garden for your friends and family to play in 2021 is going to be become about vaccines, mm-hmm. clean balls mm-hmm. and good times. I have a feeling it's it's turning around. I'm, I got to say clean balls and good times. They're related a lot of the times, <laughs> but it's not all about it's not all about that right now, but it is all about good times. <laughs> Because we have a guest here today. We have author Jeff Dale here. Hello from Woodstock. <laughs> and it's not it's not the original Woodstock. It's the one outside of London. <laughs> so, so there are no band members outside waiting to play a tune or two. They're not on Cripple Creek right now. <laughs> a, a fellow Canadian coming on the podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here. I uh I've been in Canada since 1955 when we moved from England. So I'm an ex-Brit Pat and I'm a recently minted Canadian, I guess you could say. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, So you are um, you're a journalist, you're an author. What got you into uh, the writing? Well, Way back when, when I was driving around on a tractor as a groundskeeper for a, um, 
a private school in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really wanted to work as a writer. So I, 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 for some, I don't know how I did it. I latched on to a freelance job as a uh, film critic uh, for the Hamilton Spectator. So they gave me a shot and said, okay, let's see what you can do. So, of course, uh, as per usual, they send you initially to a soft porn film to see how you can handle that <laughs> and see if you can actually make sense of some kind of movie. And the, the particular film, by, by the way, was uh, starring the late, great uh, Professor Erwin Corey. Uh, it was, I, I didn't really know how to write it, but I wrote it and it got printed. So I was a freelance entertainment writer. That was film. Uh, some occasional, a couple of rock concerts. They sent me to see Journey uh, back in 76 or something like that. So that's how I started doing theater as well. And then uh, basically couldn't find a job around here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I moved from Hamilton to Newfoundland. And uh, by the way, if anyone wants to understand how to say that province, say in your head, understand Newfoundland. That's how you say it. <laughs> so it's not Newfoundland. It's not Newfoundland as some of our American friends say. But I worked there uh, for, let me see, about 10 years or so. Got to meet some real cool people, did a lot of entertainment writing, got married, uh, came back here. Uh, I worked for CBC Radio, actually, when I was in Newfoundland. A lot of entertainment stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, A character like me, long hair and a beard, shows up at the Winnipeg Ballet to do a review, being an expert on ballet that I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I gave my opinion on Potato and all that sort of thing. But uh, basically, I, I just continued doing writing, 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 writing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, back in my mind, there was that the, my love of a certain comedic trio uh, since I was, since I was, uh, since 1958, actually, when their shorts started to appear on television because they were out there now, the Three Stooges. Mm. that's where it all begins. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, and this going into the new book that you have uh, coming out mm-hmm. about the life of Shemp, uh, Shemp yes. Howard. Uh, what what drew you to the Three Stooges and specifically well, Shemp? Okay, this is, it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I love all the, the comedians from the, the old period. I like, I love the Marx Brothers. Laurel and Hardy, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of British stuff too because I am mm-hmm. British, Monty Python, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And the originators of really the Monty Python type of humor, which would be the Goon Show. <laughs> anyway, but the Stooges, there was something else. Like it was never cool for the general populace. It seemed you could never admit you were a Stooge fan. Only only guys could do that. <laughs> well, I found different. Uh, there's a lot of women out there who love the Stooges. I know some personally. Uh, the Stooges <laughs> are, are terribly, terribly underrated. Um, <clears throat> they provide a really unique, I think, quote unquote, essential service. And that's to make us laugh. But the problem is, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people who are not what I would call Stoogeaholics don't understand really that the, the, the group itself, it, most people know them as Curly Larry Moe, which is fine. But originally, it was started back in around 1923 by a very well-known comedic, um, he was a legend at the time, top, top name performer, host, you name it, Ted Healy. And his first two Stooges, now they're not yet called the Stooges, were in fact Shemp and Moe, two of the brothers, two of the Howard brothers. Mm-hmm. It was Shemp, 
Shemp, by the way, was born Shmuel Horowitz. Shmuel translates into the um, English Samuel. Mm-hmm. His brother, Mo, was in fact Harry Moses Horowitz. His other brother, Jerome, was Curly later. And of course, there were two other brothers, uh, Jack and Irving, who just went into business. They didn't become studious. So it's really, and it depends who you talk to. Some people say Mo is the original Stooge. A lot of other people, including myself, say that Shemp was actually the original Stooge. And I think that can be clarified by saying one thing. If there was a go-to Stooge for Ted Healy, who was a big name, it was Shemp. Because in the early days, he was the one who was generally speaking, essentially with Ted Healy. Mm. And you got a picture of this too, Ted Healy, you're talking... I don't know, five eleven, six foot, depends on what biography you're reading. And you're talking Stooges, <laughs> you know, five four, five three. Now, Shemp, by the way, probably was the tallest of the Stooges. He was a, a whopping great five six or five seven, depending again who you read. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was, you know, almost sort of regular size. But that's where it started with Ted Healy. And the story I found, and the reason I gravitated, because my favorite Stooges, believe it or not, are Shemp and Larry. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was I wrote an uh, self-published book on Larry Fine, which being self-published, of course, and because I don't have a name, <laughs> didn't do that well. Yeah. In case anyone wants to buy it, it's still available on Amazon. Anyway, basically, <laughs> simple reason is because Larry, before he was one of the Stooges, he was an entertainer, of course, but he was also, as a youngster, a pro bo- uh, amateur boxer who had a pro boxing fight one, and also a very good violinist. Yeah, okay. yeah well, he, he would play the violin every once in a while. Larry was always, I think Larry was always my favorite for a long time, too. I yep. grew up watching the Stooges, and uh, it, it's funny that you're saying, like, about with Shemp uh, being an original Stooge, but uh, everyone associating Curly was yep. the main reason just because uh, it wasn't until they started doing the shorts that Curly started out with them, and that's where they really got their main, like, kind of popularity is, is yeah. kind of why the association is that Shemp came later, even though Shemp came first. Yeah, that's essentially it. I mean, you can go through a lot of different, uh, the the history is really long. Mm -hmm. And if you had two hours and 40 minutes and we could do a a Ben-Hur version of your Mm -hmm. podcast, I could go through it all. But then again, if I did that, why would you buy the book? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, the bottom line is that in the early days with with Ted Healy, I mean, essentially Mo and Shem and later it was Larry, I believe. I'm hoping I get the date right. I'm thinking 1928. They, they, they hooked up with him. They saw him doing his little act, which was incredibly strange. You know, he, with this, the receding hairline, the, the frizzy hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of, one of his shticks was uh, as a host of a comedy uh, show in, um, well, he was born in, um, let me see, where was he born? South Philly. Anyway, they saw him um, performing at a, a, a club, I believe, in, um, in Chicago. And also at... What he was doing, part of his act was he used to do this Russian dance, kicking out his his legs at at random, playing the violin at the same time. So that's a cool guy. You've got to have him on board. (laughs) So basically, Shemp, who was with Ted Healy at the time, not Mo, they said, okay, you know, we've got this guy, Larry, on board. So in the early days, they did all kinds of things. It was live performances. Uh, I mean, bottom line is Shemp and Larry and Mo got to appear on Broadway. This, this mm-hmm. is no small peanuts. They weren't making a huge amount of money. They were doing fine, though, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors have it that they were mistreated and whatever. No, 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 no. 
They they got they made a decent wage. When you talk about performers back then making fifty dollars and a hundred dollars, you think, oh, that's wretched. That's good money back then. Mm-hmm. Do a translation of what fifty dollars was in uh, nineteen twenty three as opposed to now. Whoa, big bucks. Yeah. They did fine. They they had an incredible grounding. Shemp in particular learned so much from Ted. Um, how to deal with a guy who's that tall? How do you occupy your space? Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on a theater stage and later of course movies they did make a feature film the three of them and I believe at that time the group would have been called although they weren't billed that way as Ted Healy and his southern gentleman or the racketeers I think it was the racketeers those were the two names most associated with the, the group basically they made the movie in uh, let me see was it 30 or 34 this is terrible now I gotta start looking yes 1930 <laughs> the racketeers Mm-hmm. Not long after that, through some disagreements over uh, finances and whatever. And by the way, the rumors that Healy physically mistreated uh, Moe and Shemp, untrue, not true, didn't happen. That's just stuff that floats around. Uh, whenever it's not checked, people just, once you hear something like that, which is not true, it becomes the truth. Right. Anyway, Shemp figured, okay, time to leave. Uh, some problems here, not liking it realizing in the end that Ted was a creative benefactor. I mean, he really mm-hmm. was responsible. He left, then Curly takes over. Then over a period of time, you know, they later become the three stooges and the short skill mode. But the story, which I'm going to relate to you, and you're going to, I'm going to stop right at this point again, is Shemp was out on his own. And that in itself is a real interesting story. And that, that movie was uh, Soup to Nuts, right? Yes. And yes. It, that was, uh, it was written by Rube Goldberg. Oh, the inventor. Yeah. Uh, he, he was an inventor, a playwright. Abs- I, I've got it. And people say, oh, that's a strange film. It's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. a bit of history. Uh, by the way, that was also made before the Hayes Code came in. So I'm not sure how many quote unquote naughty bits are in there or things <laughs> that shouldn't be, but it really wasn't censored. Um, so I'm going to keep looking and seeing if there's anything mm-hmm. said that shouldn't have been said, but I thought it was an interesting film. And what was really more interesting is, uh, I can't remember the top of my head is that it was supposed to be Ted Healy's film. It was about him, but the three that got the notice and actually got some offers were Shemp, Mo, and Larry. That is what sort of, mm-hmm. so that's the first step. But a little, like I said, a little uh, while after that, Shemp was on his own. And that's where the story of Shemp as a, as a creative mm-hmm. force, as a solo figure really began. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. There you what, go. What was your, um, your first experience with the Three Stooges? What was the first thing that you saw? Well, when, uh, when I could sneak downstairs when my parents weren't, uh, you know, sort of governing the television. Uh, I always find this really funny because back then it was considered to be, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's way too violent. It's really, oh, this is disgusting. Uh, God loved them. If my parents were still around today, I mean, what would they think of the stuff now? I mean, you know, we think of uh, someone having their head chopped off, uh, i.e. Game of Thrones, which I love. <laughs> so things like that, like mutilations, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a little more violent than the Stooges? <laughs> but, you know, what I do is sneak downstairs, uh, usually around the time maybe my mom was out working and my dad was out working still. And one of the kids shows, 
uh, one in Buffalo used to be the Commander Tom show. He was the weather forecaster, um, and he'd have the Stooges on occasionally. So it was it was it was Curly Larry Moe that I first saw. Yeah, and I saw some of the standards you know, they repeat over and over again, and uh, but all of a sudden in those early days, I'm going to guess maybe around 59, 60, all of a sudden I saw a shimp and I thought, who is this guy? And a lot of my friends who were sneaking little peeks at the Stooges were kind of, eh, they're not too interested. And I said, no, 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 this is, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This, this guy looks like a, even an angrier mole. He looks, <laughs> he looks bigger. He's got a sneer in his face. And I'll tell you what, I think the one I saw might've been, um, Brightless groom, I'm not sure. And I said, uh, I said to my one of my buddies back then, I said, you know, this champ is funny. He's he's really quite cool. And so I became a champ fan. Still love Kirby Larry Moe, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't help but love them. Oh yeah. So that's sort of my introduction to Shemp. Yeah. And I've been a fan of him and Larry because the hair, you know, the oh, hair is cool. Totally. I I, I I grew up with the Stooges too. It was funny because it, it was always on uh, there was a few cable channels that always had the Stooges playing. I think yes. one might have been like the new VR or something like that. <laughs> and um, like I grew up with the like the Stooges and old like Looney Tunes cartoons, which for some reason I, I I kind of always have like a strange connection between. But it's been so many years since I've actually really sat down and watched the Stooges, so right. I feel like it's it's something that I really need to revisit and that I really want to revisit. It- oh, so go ahead. It's, it's very funny too, like uh, here that like your parents uh, wouldn't want you to watch the Three mm-hmm. Stooges back then, because for me growing up, the Three Stooges was like if I was at a babysitter, I remember going to the babysitters and always just having the Three Stooges constantly on mm-hmm. for like <laughs> us kids to watch while she's watching us. <laughs> so it was such like a big part of yeah. my childhood because that's what I was like shown by adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a really and, funny. And that's, there you go. You've just proved another point that babysitters are in fact essential workers too, because yeah. they brought you, yeah. they brought you the three stooges. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your education was complete. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I thought just for the, just for the sake of being, um, as, as Mo would say, Oh, a wise guy. I, I bring in something highbrow here and give you an idea <clears throat> of, of a name that you would never associate with Champaui. And I got to pronounce this right. Konstantin Stanislavitz or Stanislavski, whatever. Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Oh, yeah. He made, he, he was sort of a um, seminal and influential theater person. And he, there's, he's got a lot of quotes attributed to him, but there's mm-hmm. one that sticks out the most for me. There are no small small parts, only small actors. Mm-hmm. And that ties in with an argument that whenever people find out that Champ was in a lot of films, by the way, 105 films as a solo actor, that's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot will say, well, you know, they were kind of minor roles, small roles, you know. Not really, they, they weren't. As, yeah. as our Russian friend said, there's no such thing as small parts. It's only small actors. They can't basically fit into roles that require maybe only one line, mm-hmm. possibly even an entire appearance of no words. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He could fit into any part. And that's where the solo, that's where the, the real interest for me lies. 
the solo yeah. parts that he did. Well, we've we've definitely had parts where we say nothing or one word, and uh, we do it because that's all we can get. So, uh, so we can relate. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that we can definitely uh, <laughs> think about that of being like, uh, yeah, I am ecstatic if I have a line in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, good, I get to pay rent. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, and here we go again, uh, a character actor, Robert William Dabbs Greer, great quote. And he said, every character actor in their own little sphere is the lead. And that's what I look at it as Shemp. And Shemp has, is a unique place because much as Curly, Larry and Moe could well have, I, I don't know, they weren't in uh, films that sort of featured them as solo actors. Uh, it just it, it didn't work out that way for them. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, the three that did, uh, this is strange, Shemp, Joe Besser, and Curly Joe Dorita, they all had solo careers. Now, Shemp's was, in, to my way of thinking, with 105 films, was, in fact, the, the most, I say, prolific and the most interesting. I mean, what other actor could say, well, you know, uh, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, uh, the great Oscar-winning actor. Do you know what his first role was? It was an unbilled part in a Shem Howard film, 1934, called Art Trouble. Oh, Jimmy really? Stewart got his start in a Shem Howard film. Wow. Art Trouble. Um, and the beauty of it is, um, and again, not going to tell you the plot because people have got to go and watch it. There's, there's a, an absolutely hysterically funny scene. Six foot three, six foot four, um, James Stewart engaging in little fisticuffs with the five, 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 six, whatever, Shemp. And it looks for all the world like Shemp's getting the better of the fight. Um, and I always find this really comical because what was Shemp's passion outside of the theater? Boxing. Mm -hmm. He was a mammoth boxing fan. And some of his best work well, was beating up uh, Jimmy Stewart on film and uh, being in <laughs> boxing shorts. He's great. He's just absolutely wonderful. I think uh, I I think everyone, including us, can like sense your passion for mm -hmm. uh, the Stooges and Champier. Like it's uh, I before the interview, I expected it to be um, uh, just a, a ton of passion towards this. But this is like insane. I, I need to mm -hmm. uh, read this book for sure. Yeah. Like, um, yeah I I need to write it first. <laughs> well, it's, hurry it up. We want to we want to read it right now. It's so. about half. It's about half finished. <clears throat> and I should say too. Mm -hmm. And I think this. I'm not trying to sell the book here. But <laughs> I, I, after about a year, I had gone down to Los Angeles, which uh, you you can fly to Los Angeles a lot cheaper than you can fly anywhere in the province or anywhere in Canada. You know, when I go to Newfoundland, you might as well take out a bank mortgage. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I went down there, met with. Uh, uh, one of the granddaughters, Jill. Uh, oh, she's just a great person. I uh, had a great conversation on phone with uh, Jerry. She's the daughter-in-law of Shem. And also had some communications with the other granddaughter, Sandy. Great, great people. You know, some of my favorite people on, on the face of the earth. But when I, I after about the first year, I start to think, I start, thought, you know, th this is going to be interesting. But I get a feeling if I just stick with the biography, all this is going to do is Shem, uh, Shem fans, Stooge fans, hopefully will, will buy it because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what they are. They're Stoogeaholics. Yep. 
I, I can't do it this way. I have to split the book in half. It's got to be an appreciation. So what way do I do that? Well, there's a lot of dead folk, obviously, who, who did like Shemp in his prime. So I've got quotes from people like, um, oh, I don't know, Bud Abbott of Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. Said he was one of the great comedians of the day. His only problem was this, this garbage that uh, Columbia Films was feeding him. Uh, if he could get rid of that, get himself a good straight man. Bango, Shemp would have been on top of the world. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I need to find out if people today still like Shemp. Do they know who he is? Uh, who is this guy? Not only do they like him, do they appreciate him? So this is what's taken me an incredible amount of time, along with having kidney stones every other 10 minutes. By the way, don't ever get them if you haven't had them. <laughs> because it's not as three stooges short. It actually mm-hmm. is painful. Anyway, I got to interview. I went down to Las Vegas, interviewed Penn. Penn and Teller. Yeah. Huge Shemp fan. Yeah. Awesome. Gilbert Gottfried, you know him? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Interviewed him. He didn't even do an, he didn't just do an interview with me. He did a shtick. He did a stooge stick for me. <laughs> Loves Shemp. Um, I got a, uh, I got a soap star. There's a, there's a soap opera called General Hospital. One of the characters is named Scotty Baldwin. The, the actor is Ken Schreiner. Uh, you know, soap fans mm-hmm. love him. His brother is a comedian. Will Schreiner. He used to be a comic uh, stand-up. He used to do writing for Fraser. Everyone loves him. Ken Schreiner. The, you know what they call him on stage when he's, they're off of stage? Stooge. <laughs> he's a massive Stooge fan. Got him. Got uh, W.C. Fields, um, mm-hmm. one of his grandsons. Uh, one of his, uh, his granddaughter talked about Shemp because uh, Shemp appeared... In the film that Roger Ebert said was W.C. Fields' greatest film of all, The Bank Dick, Shemp's the bartender. He's, he's, like, uh, he's like the bartender uh, in The Simpsons. What's his name? Uh, Mo. Yeah. Mo. What's his like? Yeah. <laughs> you say, hey, there, there, there's a link. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Simpsons, the Simpsons did a, a, quite a few Three Stooges uh, gags in their thing. They even did a Shemp bit, which I'm, try- I'm yeah. t- trying desperately. So the bottom line is, <clears throat> excuse me i remember the I, shemp bit yeah they they um i got a hold of a lot of people uh new comics uh canadian comics by the way mm-hmm. one guy locally here was on america's got talent uh, greg morton yeah uh he does star wars things love shemp huge shemp fan so that based the for the formation then the, the groundwork is Okay, Shemp did this. He did 105 films. He was the original Stooge. He did 75-plus Stooge shorts when he came back to the Stooges. Well, that's great, but what does it matter? Well, I'll tell you what matters is that comedians today, some big names, love them. They still love them. Shemp Mm. actually means something. And so I thought, okay, that's what the book is going to be. And uh, that's why I'm taking so bloody long. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that... uh, (laughs) like the Stooges and mm-hmm. and Shemp, uh, it's all so influential still mm-hmm. today in comedy that mm-hmm. like uh, people uh, like us or like other comedians and everything, we are such comedy nerds mm-hmm. and love right. it so much that we have to like look back, which is funny with the, the Simpsons references, because I remember that being the show that, as a kid that yeah. a lot of kids weren't allowed to watch. Yeah, <laughs> which is the funny thing, exactly. too. Yeah. Well, there's the one Shemp bit I remember. I think it was one of the Treehouse of Horror ones where I think it was the one where Mr. Burns is a vampire and Lisa's reading yeah. the book yes. in, in his basement. And then 
Bart starts doing the the shemp like he beep, 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 beep. And, and Lisa's yeah. like, no, Bart, I've heard your stupid shemp. And then he goes, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I've heard your curly, too. <laughs> so it, it's great. It's, it's, it's a cultural thing that, you know, a lot of people who are not stoogeaholics and may not know the trio mm-hmm. that well really wouldn't think about, well, you know, shemp. You know, he's the guy who replaced Curly. Well, that's only part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, he's part of the Simpsons. He's part of what goes on today. I interviewed, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I interviewed um, uh, Billy West. Do you know him? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. I know Billy West yeah, very well. Okay, um, I interviewed him. Uh, love Shem. Yeah, well, him. Th- well, and he did Shem. He did Shem for me on on the interview. Well, uh, Stimpy was based off of uh, Larry Fine. Yeah, from and, Ren and, and, Sippy, and By so. the way, I, I can't have, I can't advertise this to um, any kids under the age of. Uh, oh well, I'll advertise it anyway. Uh, uh, Billy does a really, really funny thing. Go to YouTube. It's mm-hmm. Larry Fine on uh, Woodstock. He's one of the acts that didn't get on Woodstock, so he's he's introdu- you know he's introducing uh, Janis Joplin and that, mm-hmm. and he's he basically uh, you know about Woodstock obviously the concert. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, there's a, there's a few uh, F-bombs dropped here and there, but he does a beautiful <laughs> Larry Fine. I never thought anyone could do Larry Fine. He he's also does a shimp. Uh, go to YouTube, find a shimp, the, the Forgotten Stooge. So I, I've done that now. This person I couldn't get a hold of, SpongeBob uh, oh, SquarePants. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. Yeah. I can't get a hold of him for some reason. He won't answer my calls. Are you listening, Bob, uh, Tom? Anyway, <laughs> apparently, according to a fellow actor, Mm-hmm. Um, Shemp is his favorite stooge, so I, I am so I, I'll sell my soul if, if the devil's listening. <laughs> if I can get Tom, please, to answer me because I would love to find out why SpongeBob, which by the way is a show that I like, yeah, why he likes Shemp so much. I would, hey, if Tom Kenny is listening, I, I would be amazed and I would love him to contact us because <laughs> I am a huge fan of Tom Kenny as well. So, and I want to hear They're his thoughts on, on the three stooges. <laughs> And so there, and, and I just, there's one thing that I really wanted to get just sort of uh, get a point out. Mm-hmm. One thing is like most people, they realize the chimp is, is comedian, you know, first and foremost, but there's a, there's an edginess to him that doesn't quite exist with the other ones. Yeah. If anyone gets a chance, I bought the film. You don't have to, you can go to YouTube. I would suggest buying it because it's a better quality, better print. There's a movie called Convention Girl. Uh, it was it was made in 1935, and I hope I'm right on that or released. The the that was after the the Hayes Code came out, so yeah. there was a bit of a sort of a, a tightness on. It. But the bottom line is, it's about Atlantic City, and there's all kinds of ladies of the evening and such and such. So what part does Shem Howard play? He's a gangster. I mean, there's no funniness at all. Mm-hmm. He's dressed up, neat little gangster bit. He's got the hat. He's smoking a cigarette. By the way, Shemp was a huge lover of cigars. Um, and he tries to murder his, uh, his partner in crime. It is, I mean, it's not a very good movie. And in fact, part of the movie might be a cure for insomnia until <laughs> Shemp shows up. And Shemp shows up and you say to yourself, oh my God. This is the kind of film, by the way, that shampaholics basically call each other, call each other up. Did you see this film last night on TV? Shemp was in it. He was a murderer. He was an embezzler. He was a crook. He was great. And that's the kind of thing that that I, I point to. I mean, you know, he was in a film with John Wayne. 
Yeah. He was in a film with uh, W.C. Fields. He was in uh, five or six films with Abbott and Costello. Speaking, speaking of films, we, we, I think everyone wants to know, did you see the 2012 Three Stooges movie? Yeah. And did yes, you I did. <laughs> and I, I, film critic, you must have a well, review of this. <laughs> I didn't have, I, I, unfortunately at that particular time, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing movie reviews for anyone. Uh, hmm. Purists um, didn't like it. Uh, you know, that's no good because it's, it's basically fiction. But my thought is, other than the fact that Shampoo is in it, and I have another story about that. Um, any film that has Larry David as a mother superior has got my thumbs up. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, there's, there's the other people. I mean, uh, I'd love to get a whole Jerry Seinfeld, major, major Stooge fan. Yeah. But it's always curly Larry Moe. What does he think of Shemp? Mm. Uh, and if you know a way to get a whole uh, Jerry Seinfeld, then you, in fact, <laughs> are the new divinity. Because he's impossible to get a hold of. You can't oh. reach him. I mean, you know, he makes more money than a microsecond that I will make in my entire life. Mm. And I'm not begrudging him. So, you know, again, Jerry, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to know. You, I know you don't like stupid questions, apparently. This is not a stupid question. What would you do if you got on stage again? Or sorry, you got on another television show and you got a chance to plug the Stooges again. How would you fit Shemp into the, to the, to the mix? Or could you do it? Would you do it? Mm. And why would you do it? So there. <laughs> I, and um, by the way, I, I just run off the tongue here. I just <laughs> shut me up when you want, okay? No, no, not a problem. <laughs> do you, uh, looking at that uh, 2012 one, um, do you think that a lot of the people in the cast were Stooge fans? Like you have uh, Will Sasso. Yeah. I, I would assume Will Sasso would be because of, uh, yeah. such a long comedy well you could even tell like i mean the movie i didn't find to be great but some of the performances no. and you could tell that there was a lot of attention to like kind of those character details especially will sasso i, I think he really he really kind of channeled in what what needed to be done with it it's just unfortunate that it wasn't a very good film now i i'm gonna be shameless again and put another plug please will and your buddy who played curly Get a hold of me. I've been trying to reach you now for months and months and months. I would love to know what a couple of modern day comics, I got a few, but uh, you in particular, you were in a Stooge film because I've tried to get the directors and the creators, the Fairly Brothers, mm -hmm. huge fans, loved them. Won't answer many of my calls, of course. But, you know, <laughs> it, is a, it, it, is, it is a strange situation, you know. I think the people that I've got, I'm really, really happy that, um, mm -hmm. that I've got them. But there are some that I couldn't reach. And, and you're, you're absolutely spot on. Not a great film. Uh, if I was doing an Ebert here, I'd give it two and a half thumbs. Uh, it, it didn't quite make good. It's fairly good. And exactly mm -hmm. with the reason you said. The two, the two performances. And actually, Larry, um, what's his name from? Um, oh, uh, oh, what's the show? Oh, from Will and Grace. Is it Will and Grace? Yeah, Sean uh, Hayes. Yeah, Sean Hayes is a really good actor. I've mm. seen him in a lot of things. And I'll tell you what, mm -hmm. he played a damn good Larry. But you all got to remember also, too, all, this, all three of these guys are about 5'10, 5 5'11. 5 mm -hmm. They're kind of big stooges, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the odd thing about it is, like, to, I mean, of course, like Hollywood's into all of these remakes now, but with something like the Three Stooges, where our way of knowing these actors are these characters. So these characters are very much so 
the actor to me. Mm. So for to remake yeah. something like that is just very odd. That's more odd than I think any other remake that they've made just because it's so like this is who it is. Uh, so to have a different actor come in there, it, it's it's weird. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It, it's more I feel like it's it's almost more like a reimagining of those characters in a new kind of space. It, it's almost like it's a, a history of it while not being a history of it. it it's very strange. It's a strange film. It's, it's surrealistic. And, and that's why I don't give it a complete thumbs up. You know, I, I'm sort of I'm wavering. I, I think like valiant effort, but you didn't quite make it. You know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like the that Dumb and Dumber movie that didn't have Jim Carrey and Jeff. Oh. It's kind of like oh. that's kind of probably the most comparable thing I can think of where it's the characters just being played by somebody else at a different time. Well, at least with that one, though. Yeah. At least with that one, we know Jim Carrey from like or like Jim Carrey is multiple characters for us. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like Mo was just Mo, you know? Well, that's but that's what like I'm saying, though. Like in that movie, though, they're not playing Jim Carrey. They're playing the character yeah. Lloyd Christmas in it. Right. So I, I'm just saying, like, it, it's a bit like that. To me, it would be like if they like remade like the Ernest movies. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. anyone else being <laughs> Ernest than Jim Barney. So. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but but it is funny. You bring up a lot of names in a game. Um, I've contacted a lot of them. As I said, some really good names have gotten back to me. <clears throat> I'd love Jim Carrey to back, get back to me because I have one question for him, and he may or may not agree with it. You owe your career to the Three Stooges. Mm. I, you know, I mean, I, I think he's gone beyond that. I think he's a really good actor. One of my favorite films of his is The Majestic, which is like totally straight. Mm -hmm. It's a movie that I think Jimmy Stewart would have made in the 40s and 50s. And like super, super big thumbs up to Carrie for doing that. But I would love to find out someone like that, um, what he thinks of the influence the Stooges, particularly Shemp, who is in some respects, bears some semblance in career, career wise to Jim Carrey, because he's done mm. serious and silly. So, what? so maybe, maybe, maybe your show, this is terrible. I feel like I'm, I'm using your show like I'm some sort of, uh, <laughs> some, uh, uh, you know, tell tell a telebroadcaster here or what do they call? Um, I was going to say televangelist, but good lord, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness! Uh, speaking yes. of uh, uh, using our show, uh, we we have a question for you. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, yes. No, I hope that's not going to influence people's opinion of me. But back back in the uh, days when I was uh, a young um, young hipster, mm -hmm. and I was initially a young hipster who, who didn't try the um, the various um, illegal. As, as I think John Lennon referred to as illegal pharmaceuticals. Uh, I was pretty straight and narrow. You know, I had an occasional glass of Bristol cream sherry. Kind of makes me really strange. But we we part, we, we partook in uh, seances all the time, and yours truly ended up being the uh, medium, and we took it very very seriously. Uh, yes, I do. So does that, does that make me religious? According to the religious folks, no, it doesn't. It makes me a, a blasphemer. But quite frankly, the fact that religion <laughs> always, always refers to the Holy Spirit and other mm -hmm. spirits, I don't think so at all. I think yeah. spiritualists are, are right in the mix. 
I, I agree with that. It's a question that I've posed a lot if uh, people associate uh, ghosts with religion when they say they believe in ghosts, um, because I, I'm not a religious person, but I believe in ghosts um, or I don't know if like because when you see, say ghost, you think of like all these like movies and everything like that. I don't know if I know believe in completely what those are, but um, the only way I can equate my belief is ghosts. <laughs> But Damien does not believe in them. No. So that's where we come okay. to the mm-hmm. uh, the split here. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an I'll give you an example. This is the weirdest thing, and this took place up in Ottawa with a late friend of mine. He was a filmmaker, great man, part of the uh, part of the Crawley Film Enterprise, who put out uh, uh, Janice, the Janice Joplin film. Also won an Oscar, beating Shirley MacLaine for a film called The Man Who Skied on Everest. We had up in his cottage, and at that point, we hadn't gotten into the wine, the beer, and all the assorted uh, totally legal drinks, but we got into a little bit of a seance. Um, Now, I supposedly reached my granddad, um, and my granddad, for all I know, well, I thought his name was William Dale. Well, this wasn't quite right, but the name spelled out was Isidore Emmanuel Blumenthal. So yours truly is actually kind of what, sort of what they call incorrectly half Jewish because Blumenthal translated into uh, English is Flowerdale. And let me tell you, put you this way. If, if my grandfather would have chosen flower, I would have been an Olympic runner in the seventies running from guys trying to beat the living daylights out of me. <laughs> there goes Jeff flower. Let's get him. Anyway. So my, my friend Paul said, is that your grandfather's name? I said, I've never heard of it before, ever. Well, I, I relayed that back to my dad and he was absolutely stunned. Uh, it turns out my grandfather's name, I believe, Isidore or something was tossed around, but it's actually Isaac Emmanuel Blumenthal. So that's close enough. And I said to my father, I said, you must have told me at some point. He said, no, I never did. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to tell you about the antecedent anti-Semitism that has been a part of our lives, especially your grandfather and all the relatives back in England, in Northern England. I mean, he had to mm-hmm. change his name to William Dale simply because of uh, people saying things, quote unquote, like, well, I'm not taking my dental work to the Jew boy. Mm. And like that, that just, yeah. that actually, as I'm starting to shake now, it, it just, I shake at the thought of it. So yeah. that's why I believe there's something out there. I don't know. I don't have an explanation. Maybe there's some sort of there's some sort of vibes in the air that you can channel through your own body. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a scientific explanation. But I tend to look at myself as being kind of open about it. So there. So if you want to call me Mr. Flowerdale from now on, be my guest. <laughs> Mr. FD. Which is, which is why I love the Jewish comics. Seinfeld, the Horowitzes. Mm-hmm. Milton Baroque are all Jewish. So they're great men and women. So um, anyway, you know, believer or not believer. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh like that's such a uh cool thing because it, it I mean it's hard to explain, right? Like you mm. can't explain how you would even have that knowledge for it to not be yeah. through that. Um, I couldn't even spell Blumenthal. I didn't have to spell it. And this spelled it out right. B-L-U-M-E-N 
T-A-H-L. Oh, sorry, T-H-A-L. Blumenthal. That's how you spell it. I didn't know that. Isidore, oh goodness, I thought, you know, that may have been my own crazy mind screwing mm-hmm. things up because it is, in fact, Isaac. Well, I looked at his uh, birth certificate years later and found out that a lot, of, a lot of my relatives back home in England, especially the northern part, are in fact still Blumenthal's. They, they retained their, their names. They, they sort of put up with the anti-Semitism. And uh, I'm not asking you to believe in spirits because of that, yeah. because I understand your skepticism, <laughs> because I have the same skepticism about religion. Mm-hmm. But I have friends who are religious, and I just say to them, let's not talk about it. I, I don't want to get into an argument with you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a left-wing old hippie socialist. So who yeah. do I think? I want Bernie Sanders to be the president of the United States. Yeah. But I'll settle for Joe Biden. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to ask you, um, like, you had that experience. Did you um, continue on with experiences? Did you see anything visually as well? Uh, well, I think I did. Um, we... It's hard to say. I thought I saw something coming home one night from a seance, <clears throat> walking down the other end of the street, sort of dressed rather strangely. But then you got to remember one thing. Uh, my youth was spent a lot of it in the 60s and 70s. So there were some pretty strange looking people around anyway. Um, and and like, like, for instance, uh, I, used to, I used to be a runner of some sort, but I also had really long hair. So I'm running down one of the main streets and a cop pulls over, the sirens blaring. You know, okay hipster where are you going i said i'm just going home why are you running i said i'm a runner i like to run he said oh yeah i said look i live right up the street i'll tell you what i'll do just a jaunt okay you follow me he said all right so i ran up got into the apartment showed him my key opened it then went back to him and said are you okay now he said okay he says but you gotta remember you know some guys like you you know we we don't trust you I said, one of my best friend's father is a cop, and he's even okay with me. So, yeah, that's the night I did see something, and that's before I saw the cop. <laughs> Maybe it was a cop in a robe that I just, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, so that made me actually think about religion. So I'm always, I'm always open to people who want to talk about it, but I always warn them. I say, you know, I'm sort of an agnostic leaning towards atheist, mm-hmm. but I'm not totally... I won't. So unless you start using your faith as a, a rule to judge other people by or mm-hmm. to make laws by, yeah. like if you're going to sort of play play down. And uh, I have gay friends. I have lots in, in the family and otherwise. And I'm cool with it. It's, why shouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. It's they, they are who they are. And I love them for it. Um, I'm, I'm proud of them. And I tell you why they got more guts than me. Because if I was one of those, uh, and I'm, I'm if those individuals or <clears throat> in a certain group that's being prejudiced uh, mm-hmm. against, I'd be terrified to come out. Yeah. Much as I love the sport of boxing, I'm not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should have learned it, you know, like Shemp, I should have been like a, a boxing fan. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I answered that. I answered such a simple question yours in about like 10,000 words, didn't I? Yeah, but we got we got some really great points out of it. my my favorite point of the last bit is uh, thinking of cops going so deep undercover that they go undercover as ghosts. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> well, this guy was quite this this apparition, yeah, uh, whatever you want to call it, was quite big. Um, 
which I thought was meant to, you know, sort of get my attention, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that particular night, uh, we just did the seance. We didn't any, do anything else. We didn't celebrate afterwards with several bottles of uh, substance, uh, liquid <laughs> substance, nor did we smoke any sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was no hashish or... or, or College sort of, tobacco. Yes, college, yes. Uh, and uh, so I felt, you know, I was perfectly good. I was running. You know, and I was running just so the cops could catch me. What are you doing? I could have said, I'm running away from a ghost. What do you think? Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't say that. You might have gotten taken in if you'd have said that. I think so. Yeah. You obviously <laughs> are on something, my friend. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> all right, buddy. Time well, to sleep it up. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, on that note, we have a story of our own to tell. Oh, wow. We all drew positions beforehand. Um, Jeff, uh, do you want to reveal what you drew? Uh, you're going to have to remind me because I, I'm almost forgotten what it was. <laughs> I think I was sort of like an intermediary that I could do whatever I wanted to do. That's right. You're the swings. So you have no responsibilities. You can come and go as you please. I love it. I've been irresponsible for the last 70 years on this planet, mm. and I intend to keep going that way. <laughs> and I drew the celebrity, which means I go to a random celebrity generator. It's going to give me four options, and I have to... Uh, be that celebrity at some point in the story, not stricken to that character. And my options are uh, 50 Cent, William Shatner, Jesse Jackson, and Henry Kissinger. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only one with an impression out there is Shatner, but I'm going to feel real embarrassed when I can't do it. (laughs) It'll be fine. And uh, we all know that that means I drew the narrator. So for that, we're going to go to can I get a dot com for a location, a relationship or a word. Let's do location. I don't know what that is. A change room at a store. I know what that is. All right. So the spooky change room. It says change room at a store. Yeah, it says change room at a store. (laughs) Okay. The spooky change room at a store. Yes, with uh, probably William Shatner. It was a Thursday afternoon. Tommy had gone down to the sport check to try on some new running shorts. He, He needed a new pair. His old ones were really starting to chafe him up, and there was getting to be a bit of a hole in the crotch. Last thing he wanted was to have a little accident while he was on a run. So he was there trying on some new shorts, making sure he got the right fit. But uh, the pair he was trying on, just, something was just a little bit off about them. Um, uh, can uh, someone help me out? There is, um, it's really tight. The shorts are really tight on the thighs. Do you, but loose everywhere do you want me else. to? Do you want me to get you another size, sir? Can I? Can I get you a new size of those uh, shorts? Um, yeah. Can Can you? Can you please get my dad? Your Your dad. Yeah, I'm just a little bit embarrassed because basically the way these shorts are working in this change room uh-huh. is tight on the legs, loose around the waist. So every time I put them on, they don't completely fall off, they but only the top partially falls fall off. off. Right, right. You got thick thighs like a Mountie's pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a Mountie's pants. All right, uh, I'll, I'll get your dad for you. Um, what does he look like? Sorry, I don't I don't know your dad. So um, he's uh, short. Uh-huh. 
shorter than me. How tall are you? You're behind a door. I can't see you. I'm I'm about four, six. OK, and he's shorter than that. Yeah. All right. So I just have to look for a very short man. OK, maybe he's taller than me. Which is it? Well, see, this is where we get into an argument a lot of the time is that we stand next to each other and we go head to head and I do a whoop and I kind of like sometimes I do like a whoop and trick like a little yeah. like too high and I'm like, oh, I'm taller. OK. And then he argues that he's taller than me. And then our mom puts us both in our rooms and we're grounded. Right. OK. Um. Are you sure I can't just get you a different size of pants? He, it's just that he thinks he's taller than me and uh -huh. I think I'm taller than him. Right. OK, um, well, I'll see what I can do. OK, I'll, I'll take a look for a shorter or a taller man. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully one of them is maybe your father. I, I don't know. Bring bring every man in the store. All right. All right. Okay. And I'll pick them out like a, a police line. All right. Just by their voice, though, because you're going to have the door closed. Yes. Oh, yeah. I cannot Listen, open the this last thing. thing that I want to do is is see those horrible thighs and half worn pants. And please hurry because my my legs are going purple. I think uh -huh. I'm losing all. Why don't you take the shorts off then? Oh, I can't. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to thighs. say that to anyone. Yeah. How I old are you? <laughs> I'm I'm 11. OK, I'm not allowed to say that to you. No, 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 no. Forget I said that. But they're stuck to my thighs. All right. I'll go round up all the men in the store and bring them for you to interview. Thank you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that either. Um. Well, we'll do it like a uh, a blind date kind of thing. I don't think we're allowed to do that. either. No, I'm going to veto the blind date. We'll just make it a, a blind dad. Yeah, blind dad. OK, here we go. And so the sales clerk ran around the sports check, gathering up all the men for the blind dad with the little boy in the change room. OK, um, I've got uh, I've got uh, uh, eight people here. Um, should we just should we do this like randomly? Do you want me to just line them up? Uh, which, which... Yeah, one at, one at a time. OK, all right. Because I, I think the question would be, are you my dad? But that's not as fun. Mm, right. So, wait, you want to ask them different questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want us to have set questions for all of them or do you just want to change it as you go? I'll change it. I'll, 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 right. I'll flip it around. All right. Uh, dad, number one, come on down. Hello, uh, um, dad, number one. Um, I'm Tommy, potentially your uh, son. I wanted to know what your favorite dinner is. Roast beef. Oh, no, my dad likes ham. Oh, OK. Well, sorry about that. Sorry to waste your time. I thought maybe you could have been my son. Oh, but <laughs> hit the bricks, buddy. All right. I'll go back to shopping for oh, lady shoes. Oh, OK. All right. Um, so number one's not it. So we're down to seven. OK. All right. Um, uh, contestant number two, I guess. Um, hi, potential dad. Um, I want to know where my favorite restaurant is. Well, everyone knows your favorite restaurant is the Olive Garden Salad Bar, specifically. 
I know you love to put extra feta cheese on your salads. Mm, well, and extra olives. Because uh, that's why they call it the Olive Garden. Uh, well, typically I only eat feta cheese. So I'm half right. Yes. Can I be your dad, please? <laughs> no, no, please. No, no, no. Get please. Get out of here. Please. No. Oh. oh. Uh, do I still have to pay for all this uh, sports tape? <laughs> yes. Yes, you have to pay for the sports tape. Go to the checkout counter three or whatever. <laughs> okay. I'll go to checkout counter three. Wink. Excuse me, store clerk. Yeah. I'm beginning to think I'll never find my dad. Well, we still have six people. You only did two. Are you sure you don't want to just ask them all at once? Or, or are you going to stick with this one at a time? No, another another one. All right, another one. All right, well, uh, contestant number three, I, I guess. Come on down. Um, Contestant number three, I want to know, what is my dad's favorite show? Well, everybody knows that your father's favorite show is According to Jim. Okay, now we're on to something. My dad's favorite show, yeah, According to Jim. Okay, yeah, yeah, he likes that one. He's, he's, he always says Jim Belushi's the best Belushi. That's right. He, he loves According to Jim. Uh, I believe you said ham dinners. Uh, okay, it sounds yeah. like you listened over on that one. I didn't even ask a question that time. I'm just clarifying so you know that I'm your dad. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Third question. Oh, you're getting another. This is technically the second question, isn't it? Well, the second one you kind of asked and answered yourself. Oh, okay. Well, I am your father, and father knows best. Where does my dad keep his safe his safe well i keep it in a, a safe place <laughs> uh, i don't know now i feel like i need a fourth question oh, because damn. that was too vague i thought it was a dad joke yeah it was my dad my dad's not really really a big dad joke guy he's kind oh, of like he's not a, funny huh and no he just kind of he just kind of sits there oh watches according to jim well, doesn't laugh. I guess according to Jim isn't funny. So, yeah, he just sits there and laugh. Right, it. right, right, right. OK, well, ask me another question and we'll get we'll get moving and then I could take you uh, home, I guess. I don't, I, Am I allowed to say that? I if you're my dad, you're allowed. But if you are not, then right. I don't know why you want me so bad. <laughs> um. Number four, what's your favorite kind of gravy? Oh, uh, giblet. Giblet? Yes. No. Oh. Well, I guess I'll be off then. <laughs> yeah, get Good. out of here. Goodbye, uh, potential son. <laughs> well, this doesn't seem to be working out. Listen, um, I'm losing the oxygen to my brain because it's just cut off from my thighs. Right. How much blood pooled in your ankles? There's a lot of blood in my ankles. They're just completely swollen purple. Right, 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 right. OK. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, let, let's just keep rolling along. Uh, dad number five. Come on down. OK. Uh, dad number five. I want to know. And this is this is a big one. What shoes am I wearing? <laughs> 
you to wear shoes. <laughs> Looks down at his feet and twinkles his bare toes. Oh my god, you might be my dad. I could see your feet on underneath the little half door. Okay, you're not my dad. Then you might have cheated. Well, you could be my dad because my dad loves cheating. That's he right. Always loses at games to me. I cheated at the card game. I cheated at my taxes, and I cheated on your mother. Whoa, 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 whoa what? Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? <laughs> I don't know. Are you my dad? Yes. I'm going to be very upset now. I am your dad. Okay, 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 okay. If you're my dad, uh-huh. then you'll know the secret knock. Oh, okay. Here we go. Knock. Uh, one one drawn out knock. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's all I do. I don't think you're my dad. I'm your dad. No, I don't. Yeah, you want me to prove it? <laughs> sure, prove take, it. Take a look under the door. What do you see? <laughs> my bare twinkle feet. <laughs> yeah, my dad doesn't have bare feet just because I do. Yeah, I do. That's, what? that's how fathers and sons work. We do everything the same. I mean, it would be nice if he just wanted to make me feel comfortable for not wearing shoes and he doesn't wear them as well. Uh, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Uh, you have to wear shoes inside of the store. <laughs> uh, oh, OK. I, well, uh, I guess I'm done with this game show then. Well, I'll see you at home, son. <laughs> How many left do we have? Well, four. Uh, do you want to just do these four at the same time? Or like, I don't know what you want to do here because I'm my shift is almost up and uh, I want to go home. I I, I stopped caring about your shorts about three dads ago. <laughs> OK, OK. Four at the same time. Right. Line up the different dads. OK, one, two, three, four. They're here. One of them has to be mine. Uh huh. Unless my dad just left the store. <laughs> That's true. None of these guys might be your dad. Well, now I'm getting a little bit discouraged. Uh huh. Um, okay. Um, father, uh, all of you. <laughs> this is a question for every father here. All right. Why don't we do a yes or no? And then uh, they can raise their hand if it's yes, and they won't if it's no. Well, how will I know? I'll, I'll let you know. I'm oh, out, yeah. I am out here. <laughs> It'd be easier if you just like took a picture of them. Right. Slid your phone underneath the thing and I could just see. I don't know. We'll do oh, these. OK, OK. All right. Sure. Yeah, we could do that. Totally. Yeah. We'll make it more complicated and I will give you my phone rather than me just telling you. OK, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We'll do it your way. No, yeah. No, no, the right. Stupid, long, drawn out way that wastes more of my time. OK, no, you're right. OK, I know. I know. I know. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's no, fine. I, I, just, I just want to go home. You know, I, I want been on my feet for eight hours here at Sport Check, you know, putting on people's shoes. You know how fun that is? Not very. OK, are you going to ask your question now? Yes, I'm sorry. I just I I'm hurting. My legs are hurting. And yeah. I know that you want to get out of your shift. And I'm just sorry that we're fighting right now. Uh-huh. OK, well, you, you've just out. done a lot to help me today. And mm-hmm. I OK, ask them if they think uh, who here thinks they're taller than me. Mm. Uh, they all put their hands up. OK, they all think they're taller than me. Yeah, they all do. Okay, I really thought that one would have got them. All right. Do you want me to tell them all to leave? Uh, no, 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 no. no. Well, they already all left. Sorry. So oh. they, they left a while ago, actually. I didn't even get to ask them that question. They, they got bored. Oh, one of them was probably my dad that got bored. I don't think they were. L- listen, 
I want you to do something for me. Yeah. I want you to turn around. Okay. Take a look in that change room mirror. Oh, I don't like what I see. What do you see? I see a, a, a young boy with swollen legs and mm-hmm. his pants around his knees. Do you really see a young boy? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm 47 years old. That's right. While you were wasting time, I went back and checked the security footage of you going into the change room. And I saw you never came in here with a dad. You, in fact, are already a dad yourself. Your son is actually down in the in the uh, in the uh, sports department there. And he's uh, been playing with squash balls for the last hour. And I've just been putting on this kid voice. Mm-hmm. And you've been putting on kid pants this whole time. That's why they don't fit you. Oh, my God. Yep. Look at me. I can't. The door is closed. I'm character actor William Shatner. <laughs> no wonder these kids pants didn't fit me. These kids pants would always tighten around my legs. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no no problem, Mr. Uh, Mr. Shatner. Um for helping me today. Yeah. You can have full custody of my child. No, I'm okay. I'm good. Thanks. Um, I don't. Right. I don't want custody of your child. I don't need that. I got my own problems. Last thing I do need now is a, a you know another mouth to feed with my sport check salary. To well, be honest, so um, I'm I'm gonna head out now. Uh, I'm going home. You know, I got I got plans tonight. So uh, good luck with the shorts. I hope you find your son. <laughs> William Shatner just puts his hand up to his hand in the mirror as a single tear just rolls down his face. Spooked. (laughs) That was a scary story. Wow. Uh, Jeff, have you ever been that scared in your life? Uh, Not until this very minute, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking thinking at one point, the real father would show up and say, listen, son, you know I'm an entertainer. In fact, I'm a female impersonator. Take the shorts off, put on a skirt, and you'll be fine. Your ankles will no longer be sore. <laughs> I guess that's not, that's not only spooky. That's absolutely silly. I mean, a skirt would relieve the pressure <clears throat> on your thighs and ankles. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in this age of quarantine, where we're all at home, I think we should all be wearing uh, skirts at home. They're breezy. They're comfortable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like uh, when you're going around the house, you want to be as comfortable as possible. That's and true. Nothing says comfort like that. Well, that's why they, they wear kilts in Scotland for comfort. Oh, is that a comfort thing? Yeah, <laughs> I assume. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, and with your new Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 3.0, you know, you'll be breezy and uh, uh, nice and, and, and clean down there. Uh, yeah, too. you don't have to be embarrassed if someone sees up. That's true. Well, you should still probably be embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I probably would be. But uh, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's do a round of plugs. Where can everyone follow you? Um, well, I occasionally show up on Facebook. I did have <laughs> a, uh, I did have a um, sort of a Google website, but of course Google got rid of all those. And um, I'm thinking about setting up a, a business page, sort of a shemp page, maybe mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> what I'll do is if and when I do that, which I should, I will uh, announce it sometime on the other Facebook. 
So um, in the meantime, I just have to be very careful about not being too political and getting <laughs> censored. I got censored uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I won't. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell the boss of, she, uh, of uh, Facebook. Yes, I do love, I do love Donald Trump. Um, I, I, and I won't say anything nasty about him ever again. But <laughs> you think you think he'll believe me? <laughs> Pro probably not but i mean the tides are turning yeah. uh, trump was was he not blocked on uh, twitter finally yeah i think i think you'll uh have no problem uh, with censorship now i think you can say whatever okay. you want about him yeah i think they, well, fin good. they finally had enough yeah <laughs> um but yeah we'll 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 be uh, tweeting that out and uh, any updates on the book We'll, we'd love to hear and we'll try and get them out as yeah, well. We'll tweet it out at Spook Podcast as well mm -hmm. as go to the sonarnetwork.com. You'll see a full profile on Jeff. Um, and uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I've had a great, great time, especially your, your uh, improvisational stuff at the back. Uh, by the way, the master of improv mm -hmm. during his day was Shim. He never stuck to the script. He's a uh, a dream guest that we'll never have on. You know what I got to say to that? Absolutely. I'm sure whoever was doing script continuity there or whatever, uh, they were probably spooked. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another suggestion. Why don't we have a seance and talk to Shemp? We should do that sometime. That would be great. You, I mean, that could be a good experience. We'll have to have you back on. You got to lead the seance. You have experience doing it. Get back into it. We've been we've been meaning to do like a Ouija board or a seance for for a while now. And uh, that that might be a really fun time. We we have had a medium on before, but uh, I, I think I trust you more than I trust that that guy. <laughs> I, I'm medium rare, so I don't know about that. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. OK, yes. And I prefer to use wine glasses uh, for mm -hmm. instead of the Ouija board. Sure. First, we have to empty the wine glasses so we're prepared. Right. Then we do the seance. <laughs> well, we'll get the big box so it takes a while to empty them. Absolutely. <laughs> so stay tuned for a future episode where we're absolutely hammered trying to talk to Jim. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Spooked. Spooked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spines. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we, we believe, believe you. you.